BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. A nonprofit organization called HomeWorks, the Teacher Home Visit Program, is getting high marks for helping students be successful in and out of the classroom. Take a look. For the home visit, I'd like hang out with my friends and stuff instead of, you know, just going straight home and doing my work. I've been getting here earlier. I've been doing my homework. Um, I've been finishing and finishing it 100% and turning it in uh, on time. Joining me now, Karen Kalish. She is the founder and CEO of HomeWorks, the teacher home visit program. And Dr. Chauncey Granger, principal of Hazelwood East High School. Thank you both so much for being here. I appreciate it. Karen, I am excited about this program. Give me the background. Give me the history of how it came to be. That is the why. The why is that we have thousands of young people in our region and millions in this country who come to school on their first day of school first day of kindergarten, pre-kindergarten, they don't know their shapes, their colors, their letters, or how to write their name. They're already one and two years behind the students who are ready to learn. And they don't make it. They are behind and there's no way to ever get ahead because we're only in our schools 14% of their whole year. So what are we gonna do? We have to mobilize and motivate moms, dads, grandmas to be reading, talking, playing, singing, loving their kids from the day they're born. So they then will come to school ready to learn and stay on or above grade level, go on to college or some other post-secondary education ready for a career. So how does home work? So we have to work? get in the home. Mm -hmm. We train, support, and pay teachers and other people in the school buildings to go to the homes of their students to get their parents engaged in their education. But first, we need to build a relationship and trust with our moms, dads, grandmas. What are we doing together? How can we partner? And then we can talk to mom, dad, grandma about reading every single day and making sure they do their homework, making sure they come to school all day, every day, on time, stay the whole day. We've got some problems with our students and we need them in our workforce. And they won't make it to their workforce, they will make it to the workhouse if they are not learning. That is why HomeWorks does what it does. Dr. Granger, give me a sense of the impact this program has made in your school. Uh, the impact is uh, definitely the relationships. Um, our students are, and our teachers are, the relationship piece is helping uh, behaviorally, academically, um, just overall for the culture of our building. Uh, we're reconnecting some of our parents that had some bad experiences um, in school themselves and um, connecting them back to our school and to what's going on, to what's happening in classrooms, and uh, it's really helpful as far as uh, making those connections. What kinds of challenges do you see in your school? Uh, oftentimes we have, uh, our parents are working hard to make it happen for their families, and so a lot of times our parents are working sometimes two and three jobs, and it's hard for them uh, to get out to school, and so 
one, th one thing with the home works, the power of it is we'll come to them. We'll meet them at their homes or we'll meet them in the community so that we can once again connect them to whatever's going on in the classrooms so that they can still have a, a, a strong uh, sense of what's going on and an influence uh, at home to reinforce what we're doing at school. So this program is for all of the students and all of the families in your school, correct? Yeah, yes. Okay, so you don't have to worry about identifying a family that may need assistance. This is open for everyone. Well, usually once the word gets out, a lot of parents, a lot of families and kids will, will step up because once again, they have this unique relationship. Once your teacher has visited your home or sometimes uh, been able to go in your room and just see some of the things that you're interested in, um, you know, it speaks volumes. So once the word gets out, we don't really have a lot of uh, issues with getting people involved. Karen, we, so we have two people, two yeah. people go on every visit, always. Mm -hmm. uh, two, two teachers, or it could be a teacher and the lunch lady or the, the custodian. Mm -hmm. They are wonderful to go on visits. They know all the kids. And as you know, race is always an issue. Mm -hmm. And so we want, if possible, one of the two on the visit to look like, sound like the family that they're going to visit. It jump starts the relationship. So as the money works, we always have the school districts, we're in nine school districts this year, and the school districts have to have some, some foot in the game here. And so they pay one of the two visitors and we pay the other one. We also pay for family dinners at school. We invite them when we go on the visit to come to, to dinner. And you know what? And I said, we want everybody to come to dinner. Well, I got to work. Well, can you switch with someone? I don't have transportation. We'll send a cab for you. We'll send a bus for you. Whatever it takes to get them to cross the threshold. And then we have parents who, all of them have wonderful visits. They do testimonials. And they'll say things like, I didn't want to do this. I was afraid to have you in my home. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I realize all you want to do is help me and my child. And so then other people sign up for visits, the ones who have been resistant. And if they don't want us in their home, fine. We'll go to McDonald's. We'll go to the church. We'll go to the playground. Not school. That's where the teachers are in power. We want to change the whole power dynamic and become partners. That's really a key issue with us, partnering, relationship building, trust building. So we pay for the evaluation. We pay for the dinners. We pay for training. Everything except one of the teachers is paid by the school district. And Hazelwood's been a wonderful partner. We're in several schools in Hazelwood and St. Louis Public Schools and Francis Howell and nine different districts. So tell me about the impact then this program is having on all of we these. We are having districts. an impact on chronic absenteeism. That's missing over 10% of school a year. Now we only go to school 174 days in Missouri. Every other state's 180. So you miss 10%, you're missing 17 days. And that, that's two days a month, and that is way too much. You shouldn't, we don't want anyone to miss anything. We want to come on time, stay all day. So we are having an effect on chronic absenteeism. Once we get with mom, dad, grandma, and share the, the, the attendance, wow, I didn't realize that she hadn't been there for six days or 10 days. And so, okay, how can we partner? No blame, no shame, always, no judgments, always partnering. What can we do together? So we've seen chronic absenteeism, We've also seen, Chauncey has a wonderful story that I guess I'll tell. <laughs> you want and it's, it's a couple of uh, quick and easy uh, uh, examples of uh, the impact. Uh, we've definitely seen an increase at our parent-teacher conferences uh, as far as our parents and families that are coming out. 
um, we're seeing a, a decrease in some of the discipline with those students that are participating because of that relationship piece. Um, and even homework, we had an example where there were two teachers uh, that were teaching on the same floor, on the same team. Uh, one teacher was involved in the homework program, the other wasn't. Uh, they had the same assignment and uh, the teacher that was involved in the homework program had a 87% uh, turn-in rate for that assignment when the other didn't. Uh, there's less discipline as well in that same classroom and, and it's just simple. It's the relationship piece. Once students feel that you really care then uh, they don't want to let you down and they, they'll give it, you know, they'll try a lot uh, harder. And that saying, families don't care how much they know until they know how much you care. Absolutely, absolutely. But going back, Dr. Granger, are we also seeing strong impact on the state examinations that the students take? Well, there are a lot of variables that come into play with that. And so uh, we're working on finding some data that could definitely uh, show a correlation between the two. But um, that is definitely our, our end all, is uh, academic achievement. Uh, if students are coming more, they're gonna learn more. If students feel more comfortable uh, there and they have that relationship piece, then they're gonna have more, we'll get more buy-in. So we definitely believe that there's gonna be some, uh, a lot of impact with uh, academic achievement ultimately, but um, I couldn't give you a, a data piece right now. But I will say two things about that. One is it takes a long time for those numbers to show academic achievement to go up. You have to come to school first every day. You have to behave in, cl in class, not only for yourself, but when the kids behave, then there's more teaching time. So those two things have to happen. And any expert will tell you, Department of Education, locally, nationally, it takes years to show a difference in academic achievement. But first that has to happen is coming to school and behaving. So we're looking at that. And the other thing is, it'll never be just homeworks because they're doing so many programs in every school, especially the struggling schools, that you never can point and say, this is what did it, this is what did it, unless you have a long-term study. We did do, we were the only ones in the United States, we did do something called a randomized control trial. It's like a drug trial when half the people get a drug and half the people don't. We had did this in 11 St. Louis public schools, and we got this, did this study, and it showed we were making a difference in, in chronic absenteeism, but it also showed that we have some work to do in getting to more families, getting more visits done. We are about continuous improvement, getting the data, stopping what's not working, and doing more of what is working. And we really couldn't do this, Shirley, without the support of the community. Ameren, huge supporter. Mm -hmm. Enterprise, huge supporter. Centene, huge supporter. Emerson, huge supporter. We've got so many supporters. They're, all, they're on our website that we couldn't do the work without that because we pay the teachers and we pay for the evaluations and we pay for the dinners. Enough to make this happen and we're the only ones in the whole region doing this. We're sort of a continuation of parents as teachers. But we're with early childhood, elementary, middle schools and high schools. We've had incredible success at Bashan High School. I think that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about what the latest research shows, especially as it relates to how students spend their time in Missouri. Well, this is really not research. Do you have a, if you have the, uh, the pie chart to show, mm -hmm. this is just a math problem. This shows that 174 days times seven hours a day is 1,218 hours, and that is only 14%. Actually, it's 13.9% of a whole year. So that shows when they're in school. 33% is sleeping. And we are the 53%. That's all summer 
every Saturday, every Sunday, and nine hours of every day, they're not in school or sleeping. If no, nothing educational or academic is going on during that time, the kids will not make it. We need to work with mom, dad, grandma to be having time for that, even if it's a sixth grader reading to a third grader, or Uncle Tom around the corner coming, Aunt Susie upstairs, anyone, programs after school. Our teachers take with them programs after school for the students. So if mom does say, I, I get home at two o'clock in the morning for my third job, what am, not a problem, because yeah. we've got programs at school. And then but if we there need are schools that, that are interested in the program, how do they go about participating? They call HomeWorks. <laughs> okay, so yes, and, and it's simple. on the website. Mm -hmm. And then we talk, we start with the superintendent and we work our way to the principals and the principals then have us come talk to the teachers. It's a real, you have to have a buy-in. And there are a lot of teachers who are not comfortable doing this. But once we get into a school and they see the success of the teachers that are doing this in attendance, in behavior, the second year and the third year, they sign up. But it take, this is not easy. This happens at the speed of trust. And if this was easy, it would have been done a long time ago. Well, I'm glad you're doing it here, and I thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. You. And if coding is on your list of things to do in this new year, we've got a program that will show you how to do it, and it is absolutely free. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. If you are interested in learning how to code, Launch Code can teach you everything you need to know. And the courses are free of charge. Joining me now, Jeff Mazar. He is executive director of Launch Code. And Chris Contes, he is the founder and chief operating officer of Balto Software. Did I get your title right? You did. Perfect. Just want to make sure. <laughs> let's talk about Launch Code because this is really a phenomenal program, Jeff. And let's tell us all about it. And then what's the mission? Sure. Launch Code is a nonprofit whose mission is to fill the tech talent gap. There's a huge number of open, unfilled jobs for software, software developers, similar type roles here in St. Louis and around the country. And we know that these are really good jobs that can change people's lives. So our mission at Launch Code is to give people the tools and the access to those jobs so they can step into them, change their own lives, change their family lives, and help these companies grow when they have such a shortage of technology talent. I, I should note that here in the St. Louis region, uh, last year, there were about 10,600 uh, openings posted for software developers, and there were about 588 people who earned computer science, bachelor's degrees, or associate's degrees. So the number of jobs that exist is far, far larger than the number of people who are coming through traditional channels for these uh, jobs. And that's why organizations like LaunchCode are so important to help fill that gap. Yeah. So have you been using LaunchCode to help fill positions at your company? Absolutely. So basically since day one, when we made our first engineering hire, it was a LaunchCoder. And we've been hiring LaunchCoders ever since. It's been absolutely paramount to our success. Because the type of people, I think, that come out of LaunchCode, not only are they ready for the engineering challenges ahead, but they're also the type of person who likes to take a risk, join a startup. So they're also really good culture fits for us. So Chris, what are you looking for in potential employees? Yeah, when we're looking for a Boltonian, um, we're looking for, I, I think the big thing we're looking for is uh, energy and enthusiasm. Um, if someone is really smart, really excited to work hard, um, they're coachable and they're part of the team, if they don't work out at Balto, it's probably our fault, not theirs. Yeah. So that's, that's what we look for first. Yeah. So, so Jeff, just tell us, how does the program work? Sure. Uh, so one of the things that we know is that it's very hard and expensive to gain the skills that it takes to move into a software engineering role. And so Launch Code is built on the premise that we can get a lot more people into that space if we give them those skills for free. 
and we give them to people in an accessible format. So uh, what do both of those things mean? Well, uh, the average computer science degree from a four-year institution costs about $160,000 a year on average in the U.S. And even a, a boot camp style model usually costs around thirteen dollars or $14,000. Those are really high barriers to entry for a lot of people who want to get into this space. So at LaunchCode, we give, the, give away that programming and those skills for free. We say you shouldn't have to pay anything, and that's a really important way to knocking down one of the barriers that keeps people out of this field. Uh, the other barrier that we try and knock down is accessibility. Uh, we present our programs, uh, the vast majority of them, in a part-time, evening-based format. So people who may be working in low-wage or part-time jobs during the day or have family or other responsibilities can still access the programming so they can build that skill in their spare time, in their spare hours, uh, and go on to a career where they can earn a lot more money and take care of their family on into the future. So uh, providing lots of free programming through different miles of the, uh, models of deployment here in St. Louis, and then taking the graduates from those programs and placing them with one of our employer partners. Well, like Balto, we work with probably about 250 other employers here in the St. Louis region who are all hungry for talent. So we take people who've demonstrated that drive, that hard work, that spirit, and that, uh, that desire to be uh, involved in technology and place those people in a role with a company that really needs them. And we find that to be a great recipe for success. Chris, what, do you, what impresses you most about this program? I think what impresses me most is that basically all of our launch coders were not engineers before they came to Balto. And in fact, a lot of people at Balto just being the nature this isn't a huge tech city, came from fields outside of tech before they worked here. And I think it forms a great camaraderie when everyone, this is their first tech job and there's a sense that we're taking on um, you know, a big fancy competitor with uh, you know, a ton of quote unquote like senior engineers. It forms a camaraderie um, around it and launch coders fit really well into that. And you know that everyone here feels like they have something to prove, which, which I really appreciate. And it, it creates a self-sustaining positive culture uh, at Balto. So tell me about Balto. What type of company is, is yours? Yeah, so we build uh, artificial intelligence software. And what our technology does is integrates with phones and live, generally in call centers, actually understands what's being said in the call and tells these call center agents and reps what to say based on what it's hearing. So it's actually guiding these calls in real time, allowing them to sell more effectively, communicate more effectively, de-escalate a frustrating customer situation, whatever it might be. Um, and it's very much on the cutting edge of speech analytics and what we call real-time uh, real uh, feedback. So Jeff, give me a sense of what exactly is coding? Those who are in technology, they know what it is, but there are some viewers who go, what are they talking about? So sure. what is coding? At its, simple, at its simplest level, any program or application that people are using to make their lives better, to run their business, to uh, enjoy entertainment on the web or on their phone, that is a program that's written in code in some language. And someone, some software engineer somewhere, has to do the work of um, writing the code that makes that application or that program run. And so what we're talking about is understanding from a fundamental level what it means to do programming, so really learning the core concepts and uh, that are outside of any particular language, and then building on top of that foundation for people some uh, uh, articulated pathways into learning actual languages that they will use to build those applications. So it's really at the core of everything that we do today, whether it's this television station or the way we buy groceries or the way we learn, uh, is so bound up in technology and applications and software. And there is someone uh, maintaining, building, and growing that software, improving that software behind each one of those things. And the people who we're teaching are stepping into roles like that to help build and maintain those products. And those are you finding that you're getting, and I don't mean to cut you off, I no, that's all right. are you finding that you're getting a lot of interest from the community in this program? 
the interest is overwhelming. And we think that's a really powerful thing that the model of launch code has tapped into, is there just, there's this great hunger among people who are looking to improve their lives, looking for a new career, who see launch code as the pathway. And a great example, we closed applications for our next class, which starts in January, uh, just a few weeks ago. And we have about 130 seats to fill in that class. We had about 1,260 applicants here in St. Louis for that class. So, uh, you know, awesome. hundreds and hundreds of people. And it's a great, pro it's a problem, uh, it's a great right. problem that there's so much interest, but it's also very hard for us to turn away 1,100 people. So how do you weed them out? How do you determine, out of that huge number, <laughs> how do you decide who's gonna be in the class? Sure, it's a hard thing to do. We're really trying to identify um, a few different things. One of the factors is aptitude. Does someone have the core foundational level of readiness, just in terms of basic math skills and logical reasoning proficiency in order to be successful in the class? Um, do they have, and we think these are really key, do they have drive and do they have passion? Are they someone who, when they get to the hard part, who plows through and really sits with the problem and persists? Uh, and if they are, then that's somebody who's likely to be successful in launch code. And are they passionate? Is this someone who isn't just saying, I want to take this class because I think I want to see what coding is all about, or because I heard you can make a lot of money, but they want to do it because they feel passionately that tech is important to them and that they really want to engage in that part of the world, in that business, and make that a part of who they are. And if somebody is able to cross those three thresholds and reach those bars in aptitude and drive and, uh, um, and passion, those are people who we try and bring into the class and because we know there's a high degree of likelihood that they'll be successful and, and make a great engineer at Balto or some other company. Yeah, Chris, give me a sense of when the graduate of Launch Code comes in yeah. to work for you. Do you really have to teach them much or are they really prepared? Do they really know they come in and hit the ground running? Um, they are prepared with all the fundamentals. I can tell you starting an engineering job at a new company, you have to learn their particular tech stack and you have to see all the code that's been built, but they're very well equipped to pick that up right away. And because we've leaned so heavily on launch code, we sort of already have a process in place for getting launch coders up to speed. So it get, it's, it's fairly easy and fairly predictable. Uh, we can sort of know exactly what it's gonna take to get someone ramped up. And that, that predictability and that consistency is so important when you're trying to forecast you know, your product and what the future will look like for it. Jeff, this program, as you know, has gotten national attention. I remember doing a story a couple years ago, well, a few years ago now, mm -hmm. former President Barack Obama mentioned this program. Sure. Former Vice President Joe Biden visited yes. Launch Code. That's pretty impressive stuff. It is. It's, it's great. I, I think there is a recognition. When I talked about those numbers before of the shortfall in software developers here in St. Louis, that is not unique to St. Louis. This is a national problem. There are somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.1 million tech jobs and software or software adjacent tech jobs that are open in the US today. And that's a huge drain on the economy. And it means that there's a lot of doors for opportunity that aren't opening up to a lot of people. And so it's not surprising that people who are in positions of national power are looking for what are some alternative solutions uh, to the challenges that we face in this space. And so what we view, it's our charge to continue to try and be a national leader by um, showing that you can do this stuff for free. You don't have to charge people and you can still make it work. And we're able to do that because A, we're committed to it, but also because we have great employer partners. Pro programs like Launch Code work in part because of the things that Chris just talked about, which is not just saying, hey, we're gonna treat the people who come from this program like we treat someone who would come from any other place, but we're gonna invest in a model that says, you know what? These are people who have the capacity to do it and they're driven to do it. And we're gonna invest a little bit in them by continuing to train them up, showing them the way, giving them a mentor and helping them understand what it means to be successful in that company. So uh, there are a lot of fathers to this success. And I think when you see people like the president of the United States or the vice president pointing to the program, it's a signal that A, there's a big need and B, there's a lots of people who's have, who have a hand in helping make that success happen. All right, gotta take a break. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll tell you again how you can get involved with Launch Code. We are back in a moment.
Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. I know you are dying to know when the next class is for Launch Code, right? So Jeff, let our viewers know of what they need to do to enroll. Sure, so applications should be opening for our next class this month in January. That class will begin in April of this year. Uh, so usually we have op applications open for about six weeks. You can go to launchcode.org slash learn, L-E-A-R-N, or launchcode.org slash LC 101 to find that application and learn more about the class. Sounds good. Chris, put a bow on it for me. Yeah, um, and you should definitely hurry up because we're hiring <laughs> engineers as fast as we can. So the sooner you go through Launch Code, the, the sooner we can talk. And um, if you do have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, chris at baltosoftware.com, if you want the employer's perspective. And I'm happy to talk more about how impactful the program can be. I think that's awesome. And you have openings. We do, always. I say always. <laughs> always Very for good, good people, yeah. Well, I thank you guys so much for being here because sure. this is really an incredible program. And I think the fact that you're offering it right here in St. Louis, free of charge, you can't beat that. Founded and grown here in St. Louis. We're proud of it. All right. Thank you both for being here. I thank appreciate you. it. Really and thank you for joining us for the Pulse of St. Louis. If you missed any part of the show, download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. And remember, for News 24-7, download the free Fox 2 and News 11 apps. I will see you next time.